Good morning, Edinburgh. That's right, it's 9 a.m. this Thursday morning, and this is the Morning After Sports Show. I am your host, Tubby. Alongside me today, we have a special guest. That's right, Alex Molick from the offensive line of your Edinburgh Fighting Scots football team. Alex, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. <laughs> Just happy to be here, huh? Yep. All right, we'll be joined a little bit later uh, here in the hour. Um, not only my co-host, Miss Maddie G, will be joining us, um, but also the big boss, Coach Corey, your uh, positions coach, will be joining us here at the 9.30 hour. So, Alex, I wanted to get in and, and talk. I know the big focus is this weekend at Cal, but if you could, can you take a step back with me and talk about the home opener a little bit? What was it like? playing in that game and, and getting that first home win? Uh, it was obviously a great atmosphere. I mean, we the fans are great when we get home and stuff like that. And being away for the first two games, especially at a long-distance travel like uh, Bloomsburg, was was kind of like a missing home kind of thing. So when we got back and I mean, we had the whole thing, we don't we don't lose at home. And that's we went out and we played a great game, played a complete game, and it was a real good feeling to be back. Right, you guys had struggled in the first couple of games against Lake Erie and also against Bloomsburg. You guys, as an offense, kind of struggled and were kind of sluggish to start. Was that a, a big confidence booster for you guys to go down on the first possession and get that touchdown? Yeah, I mean, in years past, we've we've talked about that first drive of the game score, first drive after the half score, because that's that's going to get you rolling. And I feel like I feel like the first two games I think we scored or the first first game we didn't score on the first drive the second game we did and I believe it kind of in obviously the third game we did but it gave us an it gives you a nice little boost and then it seemed like after halftime in the first two games we couldn't get anything going we didn't with the first drive each of those was a three and out and then you're stuck basically and as you've seen against Bloomsburg we didn't move the ball much in the second half at all so I, I feel like obviously getting that that first the first touchdown on the board, moving the ball, showing we can do it, and obviously doing it the way we did it against East Stroudsburg with the throwback to Tomko is a it's a fun way to get energized and realize we're we're going to be able to move the ball all day. Right, because on that play, you kind of had the other wide receivers kind of shield for Tanaz, and then you guys and and the rest of the line kind of just kind of filed out along and just basically put a meat wall between Tomko and anybody else wearing a different color jersey. Yeah, no one was going to get to him on that play. <laughs> <laughs> that's like max security play right there? Yeah, well, it was pretty open too. I mean, that, that's <laughs> – I don't know. I think there was the nearest defender is probably about 10 yards away from him. So we, we, we tricked him a little bit. Yeah, because everybody on that defense bit oh. on, on the Tanaz toss. Like, oh, yeah. So, I mean, that kind of sets it up too because you guys had bringing him – on that jet sweep and, and several tosses to him before, so that kind of set yeah. him up for it. That's all Coach <laughs> Coach Limbach and his his evil genius sitting down in Macomb Fieldhouse right now thinking of stuff. So, got yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I've been in his office and I've seen his office, but still, every time I, when I see you guys play on Saturday, right, I'm thinking like evil genius lab, like a layer, like maybe it's at his maybe it's at his house, and maybe he just cleans it up for like his office in Macomb. But I'm thinking like he's sitting there and he's got like this big board of monitors, like about 20 of them, right? And there's like film 
on like 90 different teams going all at once, and he's just like picking plays apart, being like, oh, I can get this one. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he probably watches the most film out of any coach I've been around ever. I mean, there's a thing on Huddle where you can check how much film is watched, and he's always number one. And it shows because he knows defenses inside and out. He knows how to attack them. In the last three years, it's just been an example of it. Our offense has been able to move the ball and able to score on just about everybody. So it's kudos to him. Right. Now, you've been here. This is your senior year. This is your senior campaign. <clears throat> and you've been here uh, for Scott Browning, the, the former head coach before Coach Lustig, and then now Bradford. When, when the culture change kind of came about, it was was it difficult for you guys to to buy in and get used to this new system this this hurry up quick paced offense uh yeah i mean it's obvious any any kind of quick offense is tough to i mean first of all number one thing is conditioning you got to be able to get up on the ball every 20 25 seconds and snap it and just like, go 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 and i think with coach browning and his whole system it was a very uh kind of like a pro style like we'll just run the ball and we'll walk up to the line we're gonna we're gonna eat clock and game and nowadays if you see a lot of college football and even in pro football that's not the case anymore you want you want athletes running around you want to be going no huddle as fast as you can I mean I'm an Ohio State fan and I saw TCU doing it uh, last Saturday and they were fast and for the great athletes that Ohio State had the first few drives TCU had Ohio State was on their heels because they were moving, 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 and we truly believe that our tempo is gonna is what's gonna win us in a lot of games and score us a lot of points. Because if the defense can't get set, if they can't get a call, if they're winded, obviously they're not gonna be able to play to the best of their abilities, and we're gonna have a lot of things opened up. So I, th- I think the the biggest thing about the change was. Obviously conditioning, but I think it's something that needed to happen because that's that's what football is nowadays. It's speed and quick everything, quick hitters and the pass game, quick little runs, like the jet sweep kind of stuff. That's that's what football is becoming. Right, and you guys aren't like the biggest O-line. I mean, you're sizable, but you're not like, I don't know, you don't have like four guys that are over 300, you know, what that are over three bills. So it's more about um, – your technique and and how are you able to get because Bloomsburg had a pretty big defensive line Cal coming up this week has a pretty big decent line how how confident are are you guys when you face somebody like that I mean we're all we're always confident in what we do we know we we rep the techniques and practice time after time after time so we know what we have to do it's just a matter of doing it in a game and as far as size wise goes I mean like obviously myself and like uh, Kyle Schreiner, the left guard, are both bigger guys over 300. And then Vitaly German is just a physical specimen, so mm-hmm. he, he could be 260 pounds, but he's the strongest guy in the field. So, but uh, Ryan Pasternak, he's a right guard, and uh, he's about 270 pounds. And in like I've had I have my doubts beginning of the season of how he's going to be able to handle a 300 pound defensive tackle coming at him and. He's a technician. He takes the right footwork, and he he's just he's doing what he has to do. He's blocking, and obviously Trey Staunch is a he's just an athlete. He can no matter what he'll be able to put. You can put him anywhere on the field, and he'll be able to do something good for you. So I mean, 
as far as preparing wise, it's just same thing every week. We just got to get our technique down, understand, like bug out the mental errors kind of thing throughout the week in practice and go out on Saturday and just do what we know what to do. And two of the things that you guys really pride yourself on is, number one, sacks allowed. You guys are like special forces when it comes to protection. I mean, you guys are rated, I think you're ranked like top of Division Two right now with, with sacks allowed. Because there ain't money. No, I think only two. So, I mean, that's a great point because that's giving your quarterback time to try to dissect, dissect your, your de- the defense there. Yeah, I mean – Obviously, we knew in the the past two years with Jake back there. He's, I mean, it, it's like he's kind of like to me. He was kind of like Coach Limbach, just that evil genius in his head. He knew he knew what the defense was going to do, and I feel like he got out. He got the ball out quick. He understand like where to go with the ball right away. And then with Tomko coming in this year, we knew that obviously it wasn't going to be as quick as Jake because he's young. He's still learning, and we knew that we had to be at the top of our game to give him the time to go do what he has to do and I, I feel like the first three games we, we've done that we've allowed him to dissect the defense look around I feel like in Bloomsburg we we gave up too many quarterback hits and we kind of we kind of realized that when we watch film I mean we weren't getting giving up sacks but we were giving up hits and when it came down to it that sometimes can have the same effect as a sack if, if a guy's sprinting full speed at your quarterback obviously he might not make the best throw and uh then we 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 cleaned it up and east strasburg i think we only allowed one quarterback hit so we we definitely pride ourselves on that we want our quarterbacks and our skills players to get the ball on time and do what they know how to do because they're so talented right because you develop that trust level between like your quarterback and and you linemen and the more he trusts you, the more comfortable he's going to be back there, and the more he's going to be. Have you seen growth out of out of Tomko from like say from game one or even from camp to last week at at Stroudsburg? Yeah, I mean, he started. I think his first start was last year against Mercyhurst. I think Jake mm-hmm. was out for that, and and you could tell going into that game. You obviously the nerves were getting to him, and we we didn't throw the ball a lot. We we did a lot of. Uh, maybe design quarterback runs and we had just had Fletcher eat up the time and yards and uh we you could tell that going into spring ball he was get a little bit better and then camp he was a little bit better and then the first couple of weeks there was obviously those bumps in the road you do this you do that wrong and stuff like that but I thought uh last week against Stroudsburg I thought he was great I thought he was very crisp with his throws I thought he was on time with a lot of stuff and he was making the right right line calls for us. I mean, it's all based on what he calls or what he sees. So he's he's making the right calls. He's reading the right people and I thought he did a great job this past week. Yeah, it's from us from our viewpoint up in the booth, it seemed like he was really confident in what he was doing and really poised and, and well prepared. Um another aspect, again you mentioned uh Walter Fletcher, but your running back crew and the amount of yards that they're able to rack up Every time I talk to those guys, be it Fletch or Gaelic or anybody, anybody from the running backs room, the first thing they always say is, I got to give it to my O-line. Well, they know the drill. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's it's easy to block or easy to block for two running backs like that. I mean, Fletcher can make anybody miss. He'll make you miss in a phone booth. It's 
I've seen him. He's he's making cuts before he has the ball. It's just amazing. Watching him play is amazing. I he is easily, I, I'll say easily the best football player I've ever been around because he's just the way he the way he carries himself, how he works, how he can just make just the pure making people miss ability is unreal. And and, and then we then we throw out Gaelic and a lot of people say, Well Fletcher's not in there, but then Gaelic can outrun anybody on the field. And he showed it this past week. Yeah. So I because I, I was on the call and if you get a chance to watch the replay back, my call of Gaelic just breaking that last run open, that seventy seven yard run was just unreal. I mean, it was like quicker than a hiccup, and that kid is not only like to the second level, but beyond the third level and streaking for the touchdown. Oh, yeah. I mean, it seemed like like, I pulled around, made a block, and looked up, and he was already making a move on a safety and was gone. And you you, you know in your head on the field when a running back or anybody's not going to get tackled. And you saw the safety come up to make the play, and it's like he's not making the tackle, and you, you <laughs> just knew in the ta- you knew in your head, like, hey, all right, touchdown. So it was, it's fun to see that too. It's fun to watch those guys work in space, right? And I, I just, I love the family atmosphere that you guys have on the football team, like this all like one for all and all for one type of deal. And a lot of teams preach that, but you guys like live that. Talk a little bit about that, like how you guys are together, like on and off the field. Uh, I think it all starts out in uh, in camp. I mean, we're in the the towers together. I mean, we're all we're all thrown right together. You got your roommate, and right next door you got two other guys, and then there's two other guys right there. So you're, it's basically forcing you to you're going to communicate with these guys. You're going to get to know these guys, and and that that's the biggest thing for us is coming in my freshman year. With Coach Browning, we, we never dormed together. We really didn't do much together, and you could kind of tell that we didn't really have a tight-knit group. And then, obviously, the last three years, being together in the dorms to begin with, I mean, just having that camaraderie that we have throughout camp and stuff like that. I mean, we're with with each other 12 hours a day. We're in practice, then we're in meetings, and we're just sitting around in the dorm together and stuff. So I think I think the it starts from the first day we get here. We just we're together we're talking constantly we're I mean as as the offensive line group we're talking about plays talking about this talking about that and we know that the closer we are as a group the easier it'll be on Saturdays to talk through things understand things I'll say like the closer I am to Kyle Schreiner the quicker I'll be able to pass off a stunt to him on the D and it's might sound crazy to someone who isn't around football but it's just like that if if we're thinking on the same we're on the same page we know what we got to do and if we see something we can react to it quicker and I've definitely noticed it as weird as it might sound but I I think our whole group is like a tight-knit family too I mean us and the uh, offensive line we're great friends the defensive line we're always talking so we, we go at each other and practice all the time but when it's all done, we're all hanging out together, and same thing with like all the position groups. Um, Coach Bradford, I think, uh, had the idea this year of not keeping our lockers based on numbers, but just throwing everyone's name in a hat, and your locker's here, and then pick out another name, and your locker's there, so you're you're with a bunch of people that you normally wouldn't be with. I mean, obviously, my number's in the 60s, so I'm going to be with a lot of O-linemen, typically. Well, now with this new locker system, 
I'm next to Branson Smith, who's a freshman corner, and next to him is Trey Hall, and then next to him is A.J. Turner and tight end. So it's like, all right, well, these are a bunch of guys that normally you wouldn't think the offensive line would be talking with, but we're getting thrown together and we're just making the best of it. Now you mentioned your D-line, and on your D-line you got some really good athletes on there, not only Derek Dorr, who we talked to post-game uh, this week, uh, which you can see, by the way, on our Facebook page if you go to facebook.com backslash the morning after sports show. Anywho, I just have a little bit of self-promotion there. <laughs> but So you have, you have Derek Dorr as a defensive tackle, and then you got uh, Nick Pettigrew, also defensive tackle, and then on the ends, Baloo and Uppercoe. Now, is it kind of like, you know, iron sharpens iron, where if you guys are at the top of your game, it's making them better, but they're also getting better, so then it's making you better because they're so high. Because, like, Baloo and Uppercoe aren't no slouches coming off the ends. I mean, they're pretty quick. No, I mean, we say, we've said it in camp and stay to this day, we're just going to get each other better. And, I mean, I remember when Baloo first moved to um, the end, I think it was two years ago. He moved there, and he obviously was he was a football player. He could make football moves and get around you. But now, after working with Coach Neely for this time and stuff like that, he's just a technician out there. And him and I have these have little battles every day in practice because I know that he's gonna pull something that sometimes I haven't seen before, and then all of a sudden, then I'll do something that he hasn't seen before, kind of thing. So it's good to have a good a good D line to go against in practice because we know that. Obviously, I told the two redshirt freshman guards, uh, Pasternak and Schreiner, I said, hey, if you can block Derek Dorr, you're going to be able to block about 99% of the people in the conference. So think of that when if you get beat by him in early in camp, all right, well, you know, he's one of the best. So as long as I can stay up and block him, you're going to be able to block anybody. And it's shown in the first three games that, oh, they <laughs> – our D-line is probably a lot better than the three D-lines we've played so far. And it's – I mean, those guys over there, Coach Neely just – he can – the way he coaches them up and stuff, like that's amazing. And I I envy it in a way because he's just – it seems like he's so he, – he's so close and gets through so easily to his players. And, like, like when, I'm a, when I'm a coach someday, I wish I can be just like that. It's I, I love the way he coaches, and it shows on the D-line how good they are. Real quick, because I know it's, it's 924, and I know you got to get out of here before 930 because you got that class coming up. Yeah. I, I appreciate your time. This is the morning after I'm the host, Tubby, and, and we're here talking with Alex Molick, the left tackle for the Edinburgh Fighting Scots football team. But as a senior, and, and you mentioned uh, the redshirt guys now on the line, talk about um, being a senior and that, that leadership role and how – like, did you have any struggles trying to bring those those underclassmen in and and getting them to buy in? Well, I'll, I'll say both Shriner and Pasternak are hard workers, and you could tell from the second they came in here they were going to work at it and work at their craft. And I mean, we sometimes we make fun of Shriner because it seems like he does something wrong, and you try to correct him, he gets real angry about it, and it's like, but you know, it's just him it's his competitive spirit. He wants to be the best at what he can do. And both those guys worked extremely hard in spring, extremely hard in the summer. They came in and they were, they were ready. So I coach Corey seemed like he had no choice, just 
put them in there. And when they came in, obviously learning the plays was a maybe a little. That was probably the biggest like hiccup learning like what to do, what what st- like steps to take footwork wise. But they've done a great job, and I try as hard as I can to be as close as I can with them, just so if they have a question about this or that, I can be there and answer it for them. So, but all in all. I think they've done a great job so far, and I'm excited to see what they do in the rest of their careers. All righty, one final question before I let you go out of here um, about Edinburgh and Edinburgh football. The university's new tagline is Edinburgh for those who strive. How has how has your experience here at Edinburgh, um, like, has it challenged you? Has it made you a better person? And what is, like, when you finally hang up the cleats and you walk off this campus, what's the biggest takeaway that you're going to take away from Edinburgh? I, I feel like Edinburgh's provided some of the, like, is, is, it, might, it might sound weird, but some of the, the down times of my life, but then it's also provided me some of the biggest up times of my life. I mean, I came in here my freshman year, moving away from home and stuff like that, not being able to see family, friends, and stuff like that. And it was kind of like a, oh, man, I, this is, <laughs> I don't know if I like this that much. And obviously our football team is 0-11, and we're not having the best time. And it was just kind of, it was kind of like, do I want to be here? But then I said, you know what, I'm going to stick it out. And I stuck it out, and now I'm going on my, I'm obviously in my senior year. And, I mean, I've learned so many things here. I've met so many great people, and I I wouldn't trade my time here for anything in the world I knew if you would have told me my freshman year uh, two weeks into classes that my senior year where we'd be and how I would be I wouldn't believe you and now here I stand and I I didn't think I'd I truly when I first came here I truly didn't think or know how long I'd be here and then as it went on and on and on I met some great people like developed great relationships and then but now, I wouldn't trade my time for here or here for anything in the world. So it's definitely a place that will forever live in my heart. All righty. And one final thing, just because it's a – all right, well, I got two final things for you. All right. all right. First thing is you're getting ready. You're in the locker room. You got, like, half your gear on. What songs – what's your top five songs that you're playing to get yourself pumped to go? As weird as this might sound – I don't listen to music before games and practice. And you're killing me, Smalls. And people, even in high school, said it was weird. And I'm like, I just don't. What I do is I sit there. I like, I like relaxing before a game. I'll go over to the tailgate with my parents and all the other parents. I'll hang out there for a little bit. I'll come back, joke around with some people that probably don't want to be joked around with on game day. Just get a try, get a chuckle out of them, get the nerves out. And but I, I felt that. The more tense and uptight I was, the worse I played. And I, I found that out probably my sophomore year in high school. And ever since, I've been just a real on the down low, relax, have fun kind of guy on game day. So not a lot of music goes on. All right. Are your parents the one that have, like, the big Burrow flag with the Burrow logo with the sword oh, on that's, it? I think that's Schmidt's flag. <laughs> or, Where did they g- I want one. I have no clue. I have no clue. That's right. You know what? Because I'm, I'm not related to Schmidt, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull it off. Yeah. Right? Because we share the same last name. It's, it's spelled the same way, only he's from Pittsburgh, and they're all, like, Yinzer fans and stuff. <laughs> so we're going to have a discussion about that. But if I can weasel my way in, I'm going to find out where they got that. Because Tubby needs a flag at his house. There you go. Like, that's got to happen. All right. And then uh, 
So, final thing. You're a Buffalo Bills fan. I got to ask you, flat out, who wins first, Cleveland or Buffalo? Who do the Browns got this week? They play the Jets tonight. I'll say Cleveland just because of the fact that the Bills are playing out of the first eight games. I think they have six playoff teams. So, I'll say the Browns, uh, they can uh, they can take their take their 1-1-1 one, one, and one record into – week four or week five so I, i'm just saying if it happens tonight it's going to be a slow friday work day in cleveland because they have all those bud light fridges that are locked mm. if they win tonight those locks come off and it's free beer well i mean honestly i think cleveland's a kicker away from being two and oh right now so i you know what i i could not disagree with you <laughs> on that one i mean it wasn't okay here's the thing yeah the uh the bills play the vikings at Minnesota. At Minnesota. That's not going to end well, especially for Josh Allen and no. that offensive line. No, the purple people eaters are going to get to him. I'm sorry. Yeah, well. All right, so if you pray, pray for Josh Allen because he may need it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the the Browns have the Jets today, and we're going to go through our Pick'em League here after a little bit, Miss Maddie and I. But, Alex, thanks so much for being here with us. We really appreciate you. Uh, coming back after this break in the 9.30 hour, we'll have Coach Corey, the man, the myth, the legend himself behind this offensive line here at Edinburgh. And then also we have for you on today's show soccer wrap-up as they were in action and also volleyball as they will be playing tomorrow night at Macomb Fieldhouse. You don't want to miss any of that right here on the morning after on 88.9 WFSC Fighting Scots Radio. And we're back right here on the Morning After Sports Show. I am your host, Tubby. And uh, right now I'm currently joined by Coach Corey, offensive line coach of the Edinburgh Fighting Scots. Coach, how are you today? I'm doing well, man. How are you? I am excited. Yeah, me it's too. Just, to say the least. I the mean, I'm just getting love. That's yeah. exciting. Well, I, hey, I, I'm a big, <laughs> I am a big uh, advocate for the big guys in the trenches. Uh, not only because I am a big guy, but also I'm raising two big guys who oh, are yeah. learning the skill. I have uh, two left tackles. I have one at the middle school level and one at the uh, Pop Warner. We got them on the recruiting board already. So Awesome. I like that. Because <laughs> they're anxious to go. I mean, that's a, it was kind of funny because uh, my youngest was talking about coming out and playing for Edinburgh. Yeah. And I said, well, I said, you know, Coach Corey knows who you are, but Coach Corey don't take no dummies. <laughs> I said, you got to keep your grades up. Oh, yeah. And he's like, okay, Dad. So that's, that's what we've been doing. We've been focusing on homework and Good. getting that done. And he's in some programs at the Y. He took on uh, extra training because he, he wanted to get his footwork he w- right. He wanted oh. to be faster on his feet. So he's taking some nice. quickness training. Oh, yeah. So It all starts with the feet. Yep. So, I mean, it, you know, hey, if you can't stand – you can't block. You can't block. Yeah. What are you doing? Can't use you. Can't use you. <laughs> All righty. So, Coach, let's talk a little bit about uh, East Stroudsburg. I know it's hard for you guys to to look back as, you know, you're already, you're already on the next. But East Stroudsburg, you guys were able to get off to a quick start. And in the first mm-hmm. two previous weeks, you were, really weren't able to do that. Um how good was that for a boost as, as an offense and then a, as an offensive line? Uh, it was huge as an offense, you know, um, getting that quick score and getting 
in the end zone on the first drive is huge. That's a goal for us every week. Um, and that kind of just builds confidence and in, in throughout the, the game and helps us when you go out on the second drive. And the offensive line-wise, um, you know, those guys, they take a little bit to get warmed up. So um, being able to do some things on the first drive that are a little unconventional with some jet sweep stuff and, and trick play and stuff like that helps them kind of get their confidence and gets them um, a chance to, to make some blocks that aren't real critical, you know, and get their feet going and get their pads going, things like that. Because East Strasburg was their uh... – one of the bigger teams up front, not mm -hmm. maybe not quite as big up front as Bloomsburg was per se, yeah. but they're still like one of the bigger teams yeah. up front. And I talked a little bit earlier um, with Alex about it, and you know, with the size of our line compared to the others' defensive lines, and how important technique is. Mm -hmm. How's your mindset like when you when you're pro when you're coaching up, you know, this technique and, and getting guys ready. Against our own defense or against um, – Well, anybody for that matter. So, really, I think we talk about it all the time as coaches that we're going against our best competition in practice every day. Um, and I think we believe that up front. Um, I think we've done a good job building our offensive line to where it is now, and Coach Neely's done a phenomenal job with the guys he has over there. Um, and being able to compete against each other, we really do see the best players, especially interior, I think, um, in the conference. Um, and then probably some of the best athletes at defensive end. So it really helps us to focus on technique and be patient and have you know square hips, square shoulders, have our head and shoulders back when we're doing things. Um, because you'll get exposed by those better athletes that we have in our D-line if you don't have that technique. And that helps us go into, you know, into other games because hopefully the game's easier than practice was. Um, so that's kind of what we look for there. Because I know watching it, calling that game from the booth uh, against East Stroudsburg and the three touchdowns that Walter Fletcher had going in, he basically walked in unscathed. Yeah. Like, on a, like not even touched. Like they couldn't even think about uh, touching him. And that mm -hmm. goes to your offensive line. Like yeah. when, when your guys see that, how pumped do they get for that? I think they get really excited. And Walter does a great job of um, having our old lines back and – and even sometimes when I'm getting on that old line, he, he steps in the middle and says, Coach, no, they, they did a good job. It was the unblocked guy or if it was something else was going on. Um, so he's he's all in with the old line. Um, but giving him that confidence and, and us getting on the right guys and, and really just coming off the ball hard and dominating on the goal line was a goal for us going into East Stroudsburg. Um, I felt like we didn't finish the game real well against Bloomsburg. Um, so that was kind of the thing we talked about all week is finishing finishing on the goal line, finishing on third downs, um, and finishing at the end of the game. And I think they really did a good job, and they stepped up. Um, and I told them on Sunday, I really think in the last three years, that was probably the most complete game we had as an offensive line. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of errors. Um, and w like I said, we were finishing really well. Yeah, because you don't see out of your offensive line, you don't see many offsides, false starts. Mm -hmm. Like that. Yeah. that's just all mental discipline stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we actually had probably more of that stuff in, against East Stroud than we had before. Um, but that really goes to, our, you know, our quarterback does a really good job. Um, he helps us with his cadence and things like that and, and gives us an advantage, and, and that helps us to to time up plays and come off and see defenses. And if he holds it a little bit longer, we get to see where the blitzes are coming from, things like that. Helps us with that. Also, one other play I wanted to bring up, Kyle Gaelic. At the end of the game, busting one open for 77 yards. He's the fastest man in the PSAC. 
that's, he was just gone. Gone. Um, Kyle works extremely hard, um, and he'd probably, you know, start at a, a half a dozen other PSAC schools. Um, he just happens to be behind one of the best in, in the conference and in the country. Um, but he does a really good job, and, and he's a great change-up from Fletcher because he's more straight ahead. He hits the hole hard, and he's gone. Um, and he's a track guy. He's I think he placed second or first in, in uh, the PSAC last year um, in the 100 meters, and you saw it there on that play. Because he, he was – before I could even call the yardage out of where he was at, he was already like 10 yards down the field. Yeah. So I almost had to go like in full auctioneer mode <laughs> trying to call the yardage out as oh, he was yeah. running down the field. Oh, yeah. So I believe I, I saw it. I didn't really believe it until I saw it last year when I called the game down in Seton Hill. Yeah. And it was that rain game and it was slogging it out. And I think Fletcher was already up over like 200 yards or something like that. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, let's sit Fletch and we put Gaelic in for the rest yeah. of the game. And he went out and put up like 200 yards. Yeah, and he's he's really built confidence in us as a coaching staff that um, he's playing a lot more early in the game now than he did last year. Um, we don't really feel like we miss a beat when we put him in and get Fletcher a blow, and it's helping Fletcher to be fresher, longer in the game. Um, so, I, you know, he wor he's worked really hard, and he's, he's doing an awesome job, and he's going to have a pretty good senior year, I think. Yeah, and both guys do the little things really well. They block really well. Yep. And uh, they can even catch coming out of the backfield. Yeah, and they both did a great job of that um, last game. And I think um, they both had probably 50 or 60 receiving yards as well as their rushing yards. And um, they're just really helping us to spread the defense out and, and not know what, what's going on. You know, they're, they're trying to cover us down the field with our threats with Tanaz and with James Clark and um, Andre Dowdell. And then we just dump it off underneath and we can get 30 or 40 yards. Right. You're listening to the Morning After Sports Show here on 88.9 WFSE Fighting Scots Radio. I'm your host, Tubby, and alongside me today is Coach Corey, the offensive line coach, and we're talking about Edinburgh Fighting Scots football. So with how dynamic this offense is, we've talked um, here a little bit at length about our, our two running backs, and you mentioned the receivers on the outside with Clark and, and Tanaz Gregory. Talk about the dynamic of those receivers because you have to switch up. It's a different style like when you're blocking for the run as opposed to blocking for the pass. Mm -hmm. how, how confident does that make you guys as an offensive line to see the success that the wide receivers get? Well, it's great for us because defense can't load up the box on us. So um, we re they really got to spread out and they got to cover Tanaz and they got to cover Clark. And, and what they do great is they get separation so quick. Um, it's hard to press those guys. They get off. Um, they, they run really great routes, and we can get the ball away quick. So that helps our, you know, our protection, and we don't have to block as long as, as some teams, you know, because those guys get off the ball and and they're into the route quick, and we can get the ball out quick. Because that kind of helps. Our, I when we were talking to Alex earlier, I think last game against East Strasburg, you only had one quarterback touch. Yeah, like he, he was only hit once. Yep. So that type of confidence to keep his jersey clean, mm -hmm. as I like to say, that type of trust and that type of confidence, how does that help your, your quarterback going forward? Well, I think it just it, it helps him to have his eyes downfield. Um, he doesn't have to worry about the rush. So I think that's kind of a big thing that we've done, transitioning from Sisson to Tomko. Um, 
Sisson got banged up quite a bit, you know, um, and I think we've evolved as an offensive line to to keep that quarterback clean. And with Andrew having uh, less experience than Jake, it's easier on him to keep his eyes down the field and, and not have to worry about a rush and kind of trust that you know we're gonna have have him up front, you know, and take care of him. And you have you have experienced leaders on this offensive line, and you also have a, a couple of underclassmen fresh coming in. Yeah. Talk about the dynamic between the upperclassmen and uh, your underclassmen as you kind of bring them in and, and work guys in. Like, how how has that helped you have guys buy in now that you're in your third year of this offense? Yeah, I, I, you know, we tell our guys every year, and I think every good football coach says this, um, we're trying to out-recruit the guys we have right now. Um, you're always trying to get better. You know, I'm not looking for someone – I'm not looking for – a a backup for Alex Mullick. I'm looking for someone to replace Alex Mullick. Now, does that happen all the time? No. Um, but we bring in some really good, talented offensive linemen. Um, our older guys, like Alex, has, has really stepped up as a leader. Um, Alex isn't a real vocal guy on the field. Um, you know, team-wise, he's not a guy that's going to be rah-rah and he's going to be screaming and yelling and getting everybody going. But as far as bringing along those young offensive linemen, teaching them, teaching them the things he's learned, Teaching him our offense, um, you know, I'm very lucky to have him. Um, he do, he's done a great job since they got on campus to to bring them along, develop them throughout the spring, um, and and really communicate with them in game and, and things like that, to, so that we can um, be successful up front with two redshirt freshmen guys that are only going into their fourth start, fourth college, fourth college game. To talk a, a little bit about, I witnessed. I, against East Strasburg, things got a little bit chippy there towards the end, mm-hmm. and especially um, with the hit on Clark. And, you know, their side, it seemed to me like they're, it's always the guys who are down the most <laughs> that talk the most. Yep. You know, and, and in my head, I'm thinking, okay, so how about you run your feet instead of running your mouth, yep. you know? But how, because you guys, I mean, the line takes a lot of stuff, not only hits and, and, and the blocks and all that, but. Talk about like just the mental strength it takes to kind of like not buy into it. Yeah, um, you know what I preach to my guys is you're the protector of everybody on the team, especially the quarterback and running back. But anything goes on out there, you got to make sure you handle it. Um, now we got to be smart, and you don't ever touch an opposing player. You don't, you can't say too much to them. Um, but make sure they know between the whistles, you know, if they did something wrong, that they're going to pay for it. Um, so you know. I think, and I think that it happened early in in our season, and um, when we were out at at uh, Lake Erie, um, Andrew got hit late, out of bounds, um, and the first five guys there were the offensive linemen. They were surrounding the guy that hit him, and that guy was was pretty shook. You know, you know, we don't we don't do anything. We didn't touch him. We don't. We're not going to get penalties. We're not going to be you know um, stupid football players and put our team in a bad situation. Um, but we're going to make it known that we're physical, we're we're nasty, and we're gonna we're gonna get things done. Right. So it's it's okay, like if you make a football play, but you step over the lines and you're doing mm-hmm. some silly junk. Yeah. Well, then you're gonna get corrected for sure. For sure. Outstanding. Because I I saw that go down and I was like, ooh, this could this could go one of two ways. It could go really bad. So, and uh, it luckily it didn't. I mean, I've I've been there when when it hasn't gone down. Yeah. You know. But uh, you know, it was it was just really great to see that these guys uh, had the mental strength to kind of like 
okay, let's. Yeah, and it, it takes a lot to have that, um, the ability to control yourself and and make it known that what you did was wrong, but also you know you know be able to stick up for your teammates, but also not do something stupid to to hurt your team. Yeah, because it's a passionate game, and then you're talking sure. about like, okay, I just witnessed like one of my guys. Yeah. You get hurt, and it's because you're being stupid. Yeah, and you don't ever want to take that passion away from the players. You want to let them be able to right. play with that, but you got to try to help them focus it and, and make sure it's between the whistles. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I'd be able to bite my tongue. I'm. <laughs> I'm a very vocal person as it is. Yeah. I'm not sure that I'd be able to to bite my tongue after witnessing that, and then I got a guy across from me who's calling me everything but a child of God. <laughs> like I may. I may take some issue. Yeah. I may have to. I may have to say some words back. So <laughs> I'm just. I may not be. I may not be the wise choice. It's for fun it. when they get Vitaly riled up because I don't know how many people really know Vitaly too well, but uh, he was um, born in the Ukraine and his parents don't speak much English. Um, so when he gets angry, it doesn't come out in English. So nobody really knows what's going on, and that's kind of intimidating. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Also, I wanted to ask you a little bit. It's now 9.50. If you got a 10 a.m. class, best get your big people pants on and get a move on. But you can take us with you as we're streaming live through EdinburghNow.com or on your mobile device through the Nobex radio app or TuneIn radio app. Both apps are free for download. Just type in WFSE and you'll get us the show the morning after. Okay, so I got to ask. Is it part of your recruiting process to, to recruit Bills fans, or is this just like <laughs> happenstance? Uh, it kind of just happens. I will. Luckily, um, I'm actually not a Bills fan. I'm a Giants fan. Um, but I grew up in, in um, the Finger Lakes area of New York, very close to western New York. Um, a lot of Bills fans grew up with a lot of Bills fans. Um, and, you know, if you watch those Bills Mafia videos, those are the kind of guys you want on your side. So yeah. I've experienced it. I, I've, <laughs> I, I've been up. I've been up to the stadium. I've tailgated with those guys, yeah. and uh, it's it's a lot of fun. It is I, a lot I, of fun. like. I don't like. They're I've, passionate about football. That's for sure. Even it doesn't matter how good their team is. They're passionate about it. Yeah. Like I've never been through a table, nor have I put somebody <laughs> through a table. But I've been around the circle witnessing it live, and it was <laughs> it was a spectacle to behold, to say the least. So it, it was a lot of fun, and those guys are. They were laughing at me. We pulled into the parking lot, and I, I kid you not, it was like an entire sheet of ice. It was like an ice rink, oh, a yeah. foot thick of ice that I'm trying to drive on. And then they're all laughing at me because I'm struggling. Yeah. Last year, uh, that game that they played against the Colts, the, there was about a foot of snow on the field. Mm -hmm. That was a good one. I was tailgating for that one. I was up there. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I couldn't. I, mm, I don't know. I guess I'm I'm getting I'm getting to the point now where I'm I'm too old for certain things. <laughs> I'm getting close, but yeah, not quite yet. But man, those are those are the stories that you sit around and you tell your grandkids about for one sure. day. Like couldn't even see what was going on in the field. It was funny. Oh my goodness! Alrighty, so uh, we're gonna go ahead and take a break right here on the morning after. Coach, you still got some time? Yeah. All right. So on the way back, we'll talk a little bit about the NFL and preview some games coming up because. It's NFL pick'em time, and I'm behind in the league. I got to make up some ground, so I'm hoping to get some tips here from Coach Corey. <laughs> so this is the morning after on 88.9 WFSC Fighting Scots Radio, and we're back right here on 88.9 WFSC Fighting Scots Radio. This is the morning after sports show, and I am your host Tubby. Alongside me today, we're joined by Coach Corey 
offensive line coach for the Edinburgh Fighting Scots football team. How are you doing today, coach? I'm doing well. Doing well. And down on the quarter, she's been here all morning. I've just been busy interviewing people is Miss Maddie G, my normal co-host. I say normal like that's a title like you should wear, you know, like that badge of honor, like you're the normal one. I don't know about that. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm trying. I'm trying my hardest. So I, I wanted to bring you back on. I wanted to talk a little bit about the NFL. And during the break, you were saying that you don't really get a chance to watch. No, Sunday's a big game plan day. So, you know, we're in the office at 7 a.m. And we usually don't leave till 9 or 10 at night. So not a ton of NFL being watched by our coaching staff shucks all <laughs> right but did you get a chance to see i don't know if maybe you caught some espn coverage or something of the clay matthews hit yeah i saw it I, i'm a big social media guy so i saw it on twitter you know go co- go uh, follow me on twitter at, at burrow underscore coach Corey. um you know the player safety stuff i think is, is a huge deal right now and i think that it is very important and it's needed um, but that hit, man, that, that looked like a textbook tackle to me. I don't, I don't really know what he could have done different for that to be legal. Um, you know, you see hits, you see tackles like that on, on a running back or a receiver all the time. Uh, I think sometimes we're, we're protecting quarterbacks a little too much. I think the offensive line has got to do a better job protecting the quarterback instead of uh, the referees. I, I, I fully agree because then that way, because the better job that the offensive line does, the the bigger paycheck the offensive line gets. Yeah, and hopefully the coach too. But wink, wink, <laughs> nod, nod, nudge, nudge. Say no more. Say no more. I get you. Uh, but I just the, this morning it came out because they asked. I guess they asked Aaron Rodgers yesterday in a press conference about mm-hmm. it, and he even stated that like, look, I, I don't know what do you want these guys to do. Like that definitely shouldn't have been a flag, the Clay Matthews hit, and then he went on to say that the hit against him in that game that was also flagged for roughing the passer said that that should not have been a flag either. And he was the guy getting tackled. Yeah, I didn't see that one, so I can't really give a whole lot of insight on that. But I would trust Aaron Rodgers that he's not going to not take the free yards if it wasn't really a a, a bad call. I I mean, there there seems to be like two different breeds of quarterback in the NFL right now. Like there's the guys that will go looking – for a flag, like, hey, yeah. help me out here. And then there's these other ones, these throwback quarterbacks, I like to call them, mm-hmm. that are like, you know what, hey, sometimes we got to take a hit just to prove to people that we can take a hit, that we're not all prima donnas. Yeah, my guy Eli's been taking a lot of hits lately. So he's yeah, kind of he one has. of those old school ones. Yeah, he has. the. Por- <laughs> I, I, I saw the – did you see the picture of him being helped up off the ground? Oh, yeah. And he's got oh, his – I buffers. watched it live. I'm like, oh, that's going to be a meme. Yeah, that um, – Not good. I felt, I mean, I thought, <clears throat> here's the thing with your Giants. I honestly thought that with getting Saquon Barkley, they would be able to relieve some of that pressure on Eli, and then that would open up the pass game for Odell and the other guys. And then yeah. I was like, look, this Giants team is set to, to roll. Yeah, uh, I was hoping so too. Um, I think they did a really good job getting Saquon the ball, um, getting it out quick to him and that. Should have helped, but it didn't really help. Um, the starting center, I think, for the Giants broke his ankle and ended up being out of the game in the first quarter. Um, so they're 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 rough up front right now, and you know it kind of goes to if you look back at our team, we've had the same guys playing together for a while, and they haven't even. It doesn't matter how good those guys are if they don't aren't on the same page. You're not gonna 
They're not going to play real well. Right. So if you can't communicate and you can't function as one, then you're not going to get anywhere. Also, I had a little bit of a a PTSD moment because Pat (laughs) Shermer's now your head coach. Yeah. And he coached the Browns for a while. And I heard that press conference and, like, he said two words that just made me cringe. (laughs) And that was battle and process. Oh, boy. And I was like, hmm. Yeah. I've heard this before. <laughs> this does not bode well for the New York football giants. Uh, but uh, I'm a big Tom Coughlin guy, so it was a, it was a rough day for me when when he left. I mm, I I don't. And I'm, I'm a Brown. Everybody knows I'm a Browns fan. Yeah. But I I don't envy you. <laughs> I don't envy Giants fans. I do not envy Bills fans. And you know, like we, you recruited a bunch of Bills fans. Yeah, yeah. Buffalo has been good to us. You know, Western New York has been really good. Um, all the way over to Rochester, kind of central New York, um, kind of an under-recruited area. Um, it's it's becoming a little more heavily recruited now because of um, Huddle and, and the Internet and things like that, making it a little bit easier, um, Twitter and all that. But uh, it's always been really good to us in the past. Um, that's where I'm from originally, so it was kind of cool to get home and, and recruit up there. Um, and know a lot of those coaches and played against their teams, and they hopefully some of them remember me. You know, not all of them. It wasn't great, but <laughs> um, it's fun to do that. But I'm really excited. I uh, get to come down in Western New York or Western PA, so you're going to see a, a lot of District 10 and Beaver County and a lot of those guys on the team now. Cause that's that's some good stuff. Yeah, I like. Well, there's and the thing about it is there's a, there's a ton of talent. Yeah, yeah, it's a huge pool, and it's been really. That's another area that's been really good to us, and and we really need to um, get back to concentrating on it a little bit, a little bit heavier. Um, so that's going to be my job this off season, and I'm I'm really excited about it. So when you go through this recruiting process, you mentioned Huddle, which is uh, basically like an online site where all of your all of your highlight videos from you because like yeah. even even my son who's in junior high has a Huddle account, yeah. you know. So you can watch all these like how how big of a tool is stuff like that and and um and a second part to that um you said about about social media how how big of a part does social media play into your recruitment game Huddle has changed football um I remember I mean I I was a player here in, from 2008 to 2012 was my senior season um and I can remember having to go in and, and meet with the coaches to be able to watch extra film and do things like that. Um, Huddle has completely changed the game where um, I can text one of my players and tell them, hey, watch one clip 115 from practice. You need to do this better. And they can jump on their phone, their iPad, their laptop, whatever, and watch it immediately. Um, we see it going into meetings and things like that. A lot of the guys have already watched the film. So it's a, the conversation with them is a lot easier. Um, correcting them, breaking down film. Our league actually requires us to to use huddle, and that's how we exchange film. Um, Coach Bradford talks about it all the time when he first got here, and he was the film exchange guy, and he would have to he would have had to drive all the way down to California and and give them a VHS uh, to exchange film, and we don't have to do that anymore. It's all on the internet, and it's really changed things in football in general. And then recruiting wise. Um, I can get on and I can watch a kid from California in seconds. You know, he can uh, send me his film and and it doesn't matter where they are. I don't need a DVD. I don't need to uh, 
you know, communicate with their coach to get film and things like that, um, they can just send me a highlight and, and I can watch right away and give them instant feedback and tell them, you know, I think you're a guy for us or um, maybe you're not a guy for us. You should look at other things. And, and it, it's it's changed the game. And going with that, Twitter, like you're, you're talking about social media, um, it is so easy to keep up to date on kids. Before, you, you know, like it, I always pick on Coach Bradford because he's our oldest coach on the staff. Um, he's a newspaper guy. He said the other day in a staff meeting, ah, I got to get a newspaper and see what games are going on this weekend. And I was like, Coach, there's literally an app that has District 10 football games. You can just look on there. And, you know, he's just, his mind's blown. Um, but, you know, things like social media, so a kid can, can upload three clips, you know, from the game that were really good, and I can watch every week and, and send feedback and really build a relationship with kids. And, and um, I don't have to look up their stats, uh, you know, in a newspaper or um, trying to find a website from, you know, whatever small town they're from and, and figure out what they are doing. Um, and then you get to see kind of their personality as well. Um, you know, the, you see on Twitter all the time coaches um, talking about, I dropped this recruit because he retweeted this or tweeted something about that, which is true. Um, that happens. Um but it's also a good way to see how much his teammates embrace him. Um, you see a running back who's, you know, they're tweeting about how many yards, somebody's tweeting about some, how many yards he had, and he's giving a shout-out to his O-line. You know, obviously me as an O-line coach, I love to see that. Um, quarterbacks and, and defensive backs and, and just giving praise to their teammates and things. You can tell that they're probably a pretty good kid. Right. The guys that aren't just there to soak up the light but kind yeah. of spread the light and yep. are like, hey. Yep. Look at my team too. Yeah, exactly. Ones that are you know are promoting their team and the win more than they're <laughs> promoting themselves and their stats and things like that. Excellent. That's some good advice there. So if if you're looking to come to Borough, or if you're like me and you're raising kids, just saying, <laughs> your online life matters because it's there forever. And, and I talk about this often, especially between. Um, not only yourself, but also uh, Coach Neely on the defensive side and, and also a little bit of, of Coach Limbach. Like, the, the family environment for the football team isn't simply contained for the football team. You guys really bring, like, everybody in, and it becomes, yeah. it becomes an event. Uh, Coach Bradford has said it many times, like, we're the show. Yeah. You know, and not only, like, the performance on the field is the show – but um, from a fan, from a campus media uh, personality coming in, you know, you feel a part of it. Yeah. So when I reference this team and I reference, like, a lot of other teams, I say we a lot. Yeah. Like, I'm strapped. You to, man. You're there. You're there. You, you're putting in the work just like we are. Um, you're helping us to promote, you know, the product we're putting on the field. And you're seeing our guys in the classroom and mm -hmm. around campus. And, and we look to make sure they're good citizens and good brothers and sisters and parents someday and things like that we're building young men and, and not just football players um so their representation of us off the field is just as important as the product they're putting on the field and and everybody everybody that's involved that goes to our equipment managers our coaches um you know our media staff that, that travels with us um everybody our, all of our parents and everything so you know we take pride in everybody that has something to do with edinburgh football
Yeah, I definitely have to get a hold of it. I talked to Alex about it, and, and he said he thinks it's the Schmidt family that has the flag, but I need yeah. to get me one of those borough flags. Yeah, I think they had that. They custom made, you know. So they have they, some they website have or something. They got they it done. find it. Yeah. But I did find, there's a, um, there's a, I th- I'll have to send you the link or whatever, but there's a, there's a website out there called Lineman Issues, <laughs> right? And it, and they retweet, like, all this stuff about linemen. <laughs> and I almost got these two flags. One of them says Pancake Platoon, <laughs> and the other one says Hog Squad. And it's got, like, a picture of a, yeah. a boar or something. Some good stuff. Yeah. The, the old line it's a it's definitely a, a culture and people embrace it that are involved in it you know it doesn't get embraced outside of of uh in the newspapers and media a whole lot and things like that um so they they do a good job of promoting themselves now yeah i think it's hilarious because they also do this thing now where they say uh sun's out guts out <laughs> so they have their jerseys like half oh, rolled yeah. that's awesome that's the vitaly german right there I don't think I've. Yeah, well, he's, he's got like. Up. Yeah, but he's got like a nine pack though, or something. He's like, it's it's almost disgusting. Yeah, I'm just saying. The best is when Doors got his out and, and he's standing next to Vitaly. So they look pretty similar. Yeah. <laughs> That's highly accurate. Highly accurate. No fake news here on WFSC. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just like. It, it, from from everybody around, you know, especially with the home game, we got the first taste of it. For those of you who are new to campus, we got the first taste of what it's like being home. Um, looking a little bit further ahead, I don't want to look at, look past Cal because Cal's always dangerous, and we haven't beaten them since like 2004. Mm-hmm. I think it was the last time that Edinburgh's beaten them. Yeah, yeah, it's been. Uh, this will be 15, the 15th matchup um, when they've had the last 14. So. I've never beat them. I've been here for 10 years as a player and coach, and I've never beat them. So this this is a, a big one for me. Because they're, they're not as uh, – there's some, chink in, some chinks in the armor. They're at one yeah. and two right now. It's a misleading one and two. Very. Because they're still like – you know, it's almost like poking a wounded bear at this point. Yeah. But you got to think that the doors like open a little bit more for you guys coming down there. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're they're a really great football team. They have a great coaching staff. Um, you know, they have graduated a lot of really good players, but their coaching staff has gotten some really good recruits, some guys that we were hoping to recruit as well. Um, and it, they're a great squad, and, and like I said, their coaching staff does a phenomenal job. Um, so, you know, it's a, a week that, you know, the, the hours are a little bit longer for us in the office on uh, trying to figure some things out and um, – we hope that you know we've kind of bridged that gap in, in um, talent, and I think the coaching staff. I think we've bridged that gap. I think we're getting pretty close to to the level that they're at. All right, I want to take a. I want to. I don't want to go too too far beyond them, but coming up, I want to set this up for next week because next week is homecoming. Yeah, and then you have a bunch of alumni coming back. Yep. Uh, being an alumni yourself, talk about like homecoming weekend. And I know you're busy because you're coaching, and it, it's yeah. for you guys. You still got a game to play. Yeah. But there's a little bit of glad handing that goes on, and a yep. little bit of politic. And so, yep. How does that all play? Well, for like you, you said, um, we believe we're the show. Um, I don't think you know homecoming doesn't exist without a football team. To me, um, it's about the football game. So, so we're really ultra focused on that all week and making sure we're keeping our guys very focused. But letting them also enjoy all the great things that are happening around campus and, and the atmosphere and things like that. Um, obviously, being an alum, and there's there's a number of us on the staff. We have Coach O'Neill, 
coaching our running backs. We have Coach Hembry coaching our tight ends. Um, Coach Watson with our receivers, and we're all Edinburgh alum. We all actually played together at some point. Um, so it's extra special for us. Um, and getting our friends back here, um, we have a huge following. All of us are constantly getting text messages every week, good good game, um, how did it go, things like that, good luck leading up to the game. So getting those people on campus now to see that product that we're trying to produce on the field um, is a little extra special and being able to to show them all the hard work we're putting in and all the pride we still have in Edinburgh, and, and they get to kind of relive that pride. Right, because it's kind of I, I know it's kind of unique, I guess. You know, as a alumni, like coming back and still being, still being interested, like still caring. Yeah. You know that kind of that kind of mark, I guess, that this university um, leaves on you because you talk about the the Edinburgh University. The new slogan this year is for those who strive. Yeah. Right. So talk about how your Edinburgh experience has like what you've been able to take away from Edinburgh and then now coming back as an alumni and working for Edinburgh. Yeah. Um, Edinburgh, it means the world to me. Um, there honestly is no place I'd rather be. Um, obviously, a lot of people in, in the coaching industry have high aspirations and things like that. And I'm not saying I wouldn't go coach Alabama. But I'm saying if I'm going to be a Division II football coach, it's going to be at Edinburgh University. And, and I have a ton of pride in this in this place. Um, everything about it, everything about every um, athletic program, every academic program, um, I pride myself in, in knowing everything as much as I can about the university and giving the best campus tours to recruits and um, having all the information and answers for them and, and having the connections to get the answers if um, if I don't. Um, so, you know, this place has built me, um, it is showed me perseverance. It showed me hard work. Um, and I've really grown tremendously since I've been here at this university with, with, it's given me examples of, of bad and good. It showed me what I want to be. Um, there's been so many great professors, um, so many great coaches, um, administrators and things like that, that have, have helped build me into the person I am now. Um, so I owe everything to Edinburgh. Um, so I try to give that back every week and, and really love being here and being a coach. All right, Coach. So I, I've had you now on air. I had you locked in the studio here for like the last 45 minutes. <laughs> Is there anything that I'm missing, anything that you need to put out there? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, you know, I just I hope everybody can see that pride that we have in Edinburgh and, and, and really love to – to boost those numbers in the stands. I think we had a pretty good crowd last week, but I'm excited for everyone to, to get out for homecoming and, and see Edinburgh football. Um, but make sure you're paying attention this week because it's going to be a good one. Um, and I would say it's probably the, the the premier game in the conference this week, and and Pennsylvania State Athletic Conference has some pretty good football. This is definitely the one that, that all eyes are going to be watching. Currently in the standings right now, Edinburgh sits atop, tied with – our other nemesis, IUP, standalone at, at three and zero. Cal University picked number two overall in the preseason polls, but like everybody knows, preseason polls plus a quarter might get you a stick of gum nowadays. Yeah. So it, this could be really telling, and this could be the momentum. This could be the fuel that you guys need to carry yourselves through. Because we don't face IUP until November. Yeah, this is the test um, right now to kind of see where our football team is at. Um, we've had, you know, Bloomsburg was a really good opponent. Um, East Stroudsburg played hard. 
Um, but we haven't seen the talent and, and the coaching staff and, and a team, a program that has it all together like Cal yet. Um, so we're really, really geared up for this one, and, and this will tell us, kind of give us a, a, an outlook on what the what the season will be like. Um, and like I said, the PSAC is some of the best football in the in uh, the country. Um, and each week, you know, you can't take any team lightly. Um, the the parity in the, in the conference is is strong. So, yeah, especially going back like the last three to four years, I believe the PSAC and the PSAC West itself has sent two to the Division Two regional playoffs. Yep. Going forward, and that's the the PSAC uh, champion, be it either Cal or IUP, but then also it was the runner up in the West, either Cal or IUP that year. Yep. That also went forward. So you got to think. You know, things are right. I'm not saying it's going to rain, but what I'm saying is that there's clouds in the air <laughs> and er, precipitation is likely. So, all right, Coach, thank you so much for spending this time with us. I'll let you go because I know you got Great. about a thousand things left <laughs> to do here. So it's eight or 10.18 here on 88.9 WFSC Fighting Scots Radio. We're going to go ahead and take a break. And then coming on the backside of the break, We'll get Miss Maddie in here, and it'll be time for our NFL Pick'em show. And uh, we'll talk about how Maddie is currently winning the league because, I don't know, she's got a voodoo doll or a magic cauldron or a crystal ball, something. But anyway, she's atop the league. So we'll talk all about that right here after the break. Don't go anywhere. On the air 24-7, 88.9 WFSE, Fighting Scots Radio. Good morning, Burrow. That's right. It's 1035 here at 88.9 WFSE Fighting Scots Radio. And this is the Morning After Sports Show. I am your host, Tubby. Alongside me now, joined all by herself, Miss Maddie G. I'm not all by myself. You're here. Well, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, you're like my only guest. Wow. Wow. Okay. Tubby, we're getting right into it because we only have almost 20 minutes left. We have to do the... NFL Pick'em show. So here we go. NFL Pick'em. I'm behind. I'm falling behind. It's Miss Maddie G in the lead in first place with a grand sum total of 19 points. Then directly behind her, nipping at her heels, if you will, is alumni Drew Patrick, formerly just a sports guy, with 17 points. He is tied with my wife, Nicole, also with 17 points. Then it's Mr. Athletics, Trey Staunch, with 16. Me, myself, and I in fifth place with 15 points. Our uh, listener, um, Andy Irish, with 14. And then our very own Chris Rosado. Alrighty, and we're back. How about that? A test that I didn't even study for. I hope we passed. Ha. Ha ha. Ha ha. Alright. <laughs> So anyway, in the rear is our very own, just happy to be invited, Chris Rosato, the sports director for The Spectator. Okay, so my philosophy this week? Uh-huh. I've held number one for, what, two weeks? Yep. I'm ready to let it go. You're ready to let it go? Ready to let it go. Everybody's You're just mad it? at me. <laughs> I don't like this. Not everybody. <laughs> they're not mad at you. I don't like this. I mean, my wife did use a big girl insult and call you a booger face. Yeah, I don't. I would rather just lay low in the next couple weeks. 
No, you got to understand it. Like when my <laughs> wife, if my wife doesn't pick on you, then she doesn't like you. Okay. So it's one of those, that's how she shows her endearment of love, I guess, if you will. But I think she's just, she's just prideful for the, for the fact that two strong, independent women are leading this Pick'em League of like, what, there's, there's six of us in it? Six or seven. When, yeah, there's seven of us in it, and out of those seven, there's only two women, and the two women are at the top. So, as long as one of us wins, as long yeah. So <laughs> you guys could team up against us fellas who are supposed to know a thing or two about a thing or two. All right, Tubby, tonight Thursday night football at eight twenty p.m. The Browns, the Browns, and the Jets, and the Jets. I the look, the Jets are one and one. They got Sam Darnold. Looks pretty good. The Browns have been in it, and if it weren't for a kicker, they'd probably be 2-0 and right now. Listen, I'm picking your Browns. You want to know why? Okay, why? Because they have been so close every time. They got to get there. They got to. It's one of these games they've got to win. Yeah. Like, they've just been working way too hard to not win. Okay. So I I'm picking the Browns. All right. Are you picking the Browns? Yeah, of course I'm picking the okay. Browns. Because I, uh, I'm a sadist, and I enjoy the punishment, I guess. I don't know. Uh, next up then at Sunday at 1 o'clock is the New Orleans Saints who struggled against my Browns and barely pulling out that win, taking on the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons are heavily favored in this one. I'm going with the Falcons. I'm going with the Saints. Of course you are. For no particular reason. Uh, of course you are. Uh, listen, <laughs> if I change it now, it's going to be wrong. It's like a test answer. Uh-huh. <laughs> I got you. I got you. No, no. Go with what your heart says. But I'm going with the Falcons. And then it's the much maligned Buffalo Bills and the Bills Mafia traveling over to Minnesota to take on the Vikings. I'm sorry, not sorry. Skull Vikings. I'm taking the Vikes I'm all day. I'm taking the Vikings. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. There's just no other way to do it. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals versus the Carolina Panthers. The Bengals are at 2-0. Traveling to Carolina to take on the Panthers. Panthers are favored in this one. And uh, I... Mm, e, uh, I'm picking the Bengals. Because I picked them last week. And then my pick didn't submit. <laughs> so I got to redeem my pick. You know what? I'm going with you because I think the Bengals are a better road team than they are a home team. So I'm going with them. Then it's the Denver Broncos traveling to Baltimore to take on the Ratbirds of Baltimore. This is a 50-50 coin flip, Miss Maddie. I'm going with the Ravens. I'm going to go against you. Okay. I'm going with the Ravens only because it's still early. You don't know. And it's a 50-50 chance Yeah. if you're going by chance. Oh, I agree. I mean, the Broncos are 2-0 and the Ravens are 1-1. So, I mean, you never know. I agree, but I, I don't know. I like what Denver's doing. I think they're rejuvenated. I think nobody's talking about them. They've quietly gone 2-0. Then it's the Green Bay Packers coming off of that tie. Now, Aaron Rodgers isn't quite Aaron Rodgers, but I don't think that the Washington Redskins are quite up to the challenge that Green Bay will present for them. This game is in D.C. It's a 1 o'clock game on Fox. I'm going with the Packers. I'm going with the Packers. Good. Although my family may. So, like, half of my family are Steelers fans and half of my family are Redskins fans. So, like, I think I'm just – this football season's 
destined for me to get disowned. <coughs> yeah, you need to definitely put earmuffs on and just not listen to your family at all. Just continue <laughs> going. <coughs> okay, then it's become the uh, Tennessee Titans versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Your Jags are sitting pretty at 2-0. and And after their performance against New England of all places, I'm going to be hard-pressed not to go with them, Maddie. Because they out New England, New England. They they did. I watched that game. I did get the chance to watch that game last Sunday. I was impressed. So I'm going with the Jags on that one. And then it's the Philadelphia Eagles, the re- the former champs, taking on the Indianapolis Colts in Philly, in the city of brotherly love. I can't pick against them at home. I'm sorry. It's a tough environment. And Andrew Luck and the Colts have a long way to go to get some get right. I want to do it. Well, it's up to you. All right, I'm going to do it. I'll probably regret it. I'm picking the Colts. Who am I to argue against you? <laughs> I mean, you're in first, unless you're trying to ditch it, but, you know. I'm trying to ditch it. <laughs> oh. It's too much pressure. Clear Desert Highway, and Maddie's trying to drive the 65 Mustang into the ditch, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> All right, then it's the 2-0 and Kansas City Chiefs who rolled over Pittsburgh last week. Taking on the San Francisco 49ers at 101. This one is in Kansas City. Taking Kansas City. Me too. Then it's the 0-2 struggling Raiders against the Miami Dolphins in Miami. Miami the shock of the AFC at 2-0 currently. I mm. You know what? I think there's too much wrong with Oakland. I don't think Oakland gets right. I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins. So am I. Then in the battle of 0-2, somebody gets their first win this week at 1 o'clock on Fox. The New York football giants will take on the Houston Texans. And I'm going to go with the Texans. Are you going with the Texans? I was going to go with the Texans. So, like, first gut feeling, you know? Mm-hmm. Then it's, the, then it's the battle for L.A. as it's the L.A. Chargers versus the L.A. Rams. Both teams are home in this one. I'm going with the Rams. They look well-rounded and ready to go. Yeah, I already picked the Rams. Sorry. <laughs> okay. I was just staring blankly in this space. <sighs> Nappy time for Miss Maddie. All right, then it's the Chicago Bears. The Bears taking on the 0-2 Arizona Cardinals in the nest in Arizona. I'm sorry, Khalil Mack is an absolute game breaker, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not going against that defense. Trubisky hasn't looked that bad. He hasn't done enough to lose a game. I'm going with the Bears. Duh, Bears. Duh, Bears. Then we got the Dallas Cowboys, America's team, taking on the 0-2, surprise 0-2 Seattle Seahawks in Seattle against the 12th man. Eesh. Uh, Seattle has a slight advantage this one, e- even though they're 0-2. I, mm, mm, I may regret it, but I'm going to go with Seattle. I went to go click the Cowboys on my screen. I have a nice touch screen right here. And my finger slipped and hit the Seahawks, so i got to keep it now. got to keep it now. got to keep it now. I'm going to be mad. The die has been cast. Then it's the New England Patriots at a surprising one and one against the bad luck Detroit Lions. Oh and two 
heavily favored is the New England Patriots on this one. But I believe Jacksonville exposed New England. And this will be the matchup of mentor versus mentee as Belichick will face off against his former coordinator, Matt Patricia. I believe his first name is Matt. Ugh, I want to I want to take Detroit. But I want the point. But I want to take Oh, it's a Sunday night game at 8:20. Tommy, mm. whatever your gut is telling you. Mm. All right. Detroit shocks the world and upsets New England. Taking it. Book I did it. pick New England. All right. Then the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Yinzers travel down to Tampa Bay to take on Fitzmagic and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Jameis Winston will not return yet for this game. I'm with the, Look, there is a ton of wrong going on in Pittsburgh. The Steeler way has taken a detour. I think they stopped off at King's. King's is a restaurant local down there to Pittsburgh, and it's really good food. But I think that's what they're doing because they're not playing football, at least not the Steeler way from what I know growing up around here. They got it. Mm, they got to get some get right because that locker room is a mess. I think Tampa Bay rolls in this one easily. That's the Monday night game. And you know what? I'm going to even be so bold as to put in my score. I'm going to say 30 for Tampa Bay. And I'll give the Steelers 14. And I'm going to submit it. Lock it in, folks. I submit mine as well. I picked the Steelers, by the way. Okay. I know. I, I just kind of glossed over you there at that point. I'm it's sorry. okay. I'm fine. You're fine. It'll work okay. out. I want to see if your little Did thing shows point? up. I need to remind our co-players to make sure they put their pick in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, I know the wife will be doing hers today. She just got a little bit busy. So It looks like nobody has put in their pick yet. I get the email, but then I save it for Thursday, you know? So we have something to talk about. Right, because that's what we do on air. We do our NFL pick them. So, soccer was in action last uh, last Tuesday night after we went off air. They end up losing in a squeaker 1-0. Again, volleyball will be in action this Friday night at Macomb Fieldhouse. Tip-off for that one is at 7. Miss Maddie, you will be on the call for that one on ETV. Yes, I will. And Friday and Saturday. Yep. And yeah. I was getting oh, to say. Oh, sorry. We haven't gotten to Saturday yet. Sorry. Okay. So Saturday, if you're not listening to our call of the football game, which will be live here on 88.9 WFSC with Chris Rosado on the play-by-play and Luke Boniger providing the color from direct live from Cal right here on 88.9 WFSC Fighting Scots Radio, which can be streamed live through edinburghnow.com. Or if you happen to be out and about, or if you're at the volleyball game, which Macomb Fieldhouse does have Wi-Fi, so you won't have to use your data minutes. Here's a little helpful tip from Tubby. You can put an earbud in and listen to Chris and Luke on the call of the football game as you're watching some excellent volleyball action as our ladies will be in action. I believe that's a 1 o'clock tip on Saturday from Macomb, correct? 1 o'clock. Yep, okay. So come on out to Macomb, support the ladies, as they are attempting a um, a retrip, I guess, if you will, to the postseason, and it all starts right here 
at Macomb. They're in PSAC play right now, starting Friday night, 7 o'clock tip, Saturday, 1 o'clock tip. Make sure you come on out for that. And then the next week, it's homecoming week here at Edinburgh. So we'll have some special surprises for you throughout homecoming week. Hopefully we can get some interviews with some alumni. We'll talk about all of the athletics that are going on and all the special events that are going on to include the start of festivities Friday night from behind Pogue Student Center with the big bonfire. You want to come out and see that. And then also the homecoming parade, the festivities, the alumni beer garden, all the tailgates, all of the festivities going on around campus. It's a special time to be on campus and you want to be in touch with what's going on, then you need to get on Edinburgh now and you need to tune in 88.9 WFSE because we'll keep you updated because we are campus media. We are everywhere you are. But that does it for us here at the morning after 10.51. If you got an 11 a.m. class, best get a move on, peeps. But keep it locked right here to WFSE. All day long for all of your updates. We got sports updates. We got weather updates. We got news updates. We also have specialty shows going off after 6 p.m. Make sure you keep it tuned right here for all of that. So until Tuesday, Burrow, have yourselves a great day.